Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Cinema Savants, your weekly dose of movie news, movie reviews, and the occasional rumor. With your hosts, Todd Vandenberg and Rob Steele. Yes, that is a new theme song brought to us by Jesus Jones because they're very nice and let us use it. How cool is that? That is extremely cool. Thank you, Jesus, um, and thank you, Mr. Jones. Oh, I, so I'm sorry. I, I, I still one of my favorite bands. Not that people really remember them as much, even though they have a new album coming out. So, anyway, beside the point. Very cool. Welcome to another episode of the slightly revamped Cinema Savants. It might be the eclipse. Maybe that's what it is. Just could be purging the planet, <clears throat> but not the stuff in my throat. Purging the planet and starting over. Yeah, lots of oh. not a whole lot of stuff to get to because it's the end of summer, and the, the end planet. of summer usually means a death knell for the box office. Used to, uh, <laughs> and I mean it was. More than ever. Look at what we got this week. It's yeah. there's there's not a whole lot that came out this week. Uh, we've got what the Hitman's Bodyguard, which at this point is making it, it was leading the the box office as of Friday. Uh, unfortunately, we're going a bit early this morning to have a uh, a full weekend review. A whopping eight million dollars on Friday. That's not a whole yeah. lot compared to. <laughs> Let's say Spider-Man: right. Homecoming. Yeah, they expect to do like twenty million, which I mean, honestly, for for this kind of movie, that's not a bad opening, except for the fact that the stars you would think Ryan Reynolds and <clears throat> and random Black Star, and you know, that's I mean, that's, I'm just going to put that in there because of the was it what network was that? Was he on CNN? That he, that he confused so. Samuel L. Jackson with Lawrence Fishburne. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, that was live. That was beautiful. And, of course, um, Samuel had a few choice words for him. He's actually kind of calm about it. But anyway, yeah, with those two guys leading, you'd think it would be a bigger box office. But it's also the time of year when kids are going back to school, blah, blah, blah. So it does drop off. Um, yeah, two out of three of mine are back in school. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. The movie I'm really interested in, and I have not had a chance to see it because I've been busy drinking beer this weekend. Um, well, is Logan is Logan Lucky, and I mean, there's a lot of backstory on on this film. Um, it, Steven Soderbergh's back. He's done some tremendous films and cool movies. And if you don't know the distinction, maybe we'll talk about that later. But anyway. First movie in four years, and he's doing it completely differently. Basically, he said, no, we're not going through the studios. I'm doing this myself. So he raised the money to make the film, then he raised the money to market the film, which, by the way, when we talk about the balance, $29 million budget to make the movie, $20 million marketing budget. Um, and then he had a deal with Amazon to have streaming Pretty quickly, so Amazon will have this. We'll have Logan Lucky as a really cool cast, and so it's going to be interesting to see if, if basically you can bypass the studios and still make some decent money. Uh, right now, it's looking like maybe it's going to hit 10 million for the weekend, and they were hoping for 15. Uh, and you got to realize a lot of these films are smaller openings, so it's not like they thought they were going to make a hundred million dollars. I mean, right. this is not this is not like a Valerian scale disaster or something. But it's it's really great if they only pull like two thirds of what they expected. But then again, his movies usually have have good legs. People will tend to keep on trying to find them, so still has a good shot. And hopefully it does because I think that'd be pretty cool if. Uh, Directors can cut out the middlemen and just, oh, share more of the profits. And, and that's exactly how this is going. This is so transparent that you have a website where anyone involved can log in and see exactly how much their money, how much money it's making, and exactly what their cut is, which is pretty freaking brilliant. That's, that's new. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that before. 
and um, we may never see that again. <laughs> this doesn't work, but uh, yeah. pretty cool. Pretty wasn't cool, which is why I, I am going to go see it. Wasn't this the movie that had the writer that it turned out didn't exist? Yeah, and I still have not heard anything if they've figured out that or if this was just maybe some part of some weird viral deal. Marketing. Helping. Yeah, because it just seems so odd. Um, it does. I have a feeling. I have a feeling he's the writer or one of the writers, and this is all just some I, I bizarre. I suspected it would be like a, a a pseudonym kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, eventually we'll know, but yeah. Rebecca, wherever you are, come forward and tell us your your true name at some point. I'm I'm hoping well, it's Emily Rebecca, Blunt. Please stand up. I'm hoping it's Emily Blunt or instead of Rebecca. That'd be awesome. Anyway, <laughs> enough about Logan Lucky for now. I guess perhaps. Oh oh, I've got something on this. But it is for later yeah. in the show. Huh. As a segue, well, there we go. Um, saw something this week that really disturbed me. They're making a, a ABC has ordered a pilot to be filmed for a live-action Jetsons show. Oh, okay. Do you, do, does this worry you in the same way that the Flintstones <laughs> movies worried me? Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought about those. I had wiped those from my brain. Um, I, I had that until literally just now. I was, I was thinking there's something that I can compare this to that makes sense. And I was like, Jetsons. The Jetsons were the Space Age version of the Flintstones. Oh, my God. I had forgotten about those. Yeah. Until just let me, now. Let me bring back my – I'm not going to replay it because that's beyond my technical expertise. But my initial reaction was, ooh, okay. But since you mentioned the Flintstones live-action films, it would be more like, oh, my God, please no for the love of all that is holy. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll just say I, I hope that they watch those Flintstones um, things, entertainments, and just, yeah, try not to do anything that they did in those, except they did have one talented actor. They did have John Goodman, and that's okay. But – Wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of horrifying. Mention if in the you've never seen the Flintstones movies, uh, I would rather watch the Vitamins than those movies again. <laughs> mm. just, just throwing that Excellent. out. Excellent spit take there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, My work here is I'd done. That. I'd say that's probably true. Probably true. Oh. Um, but your work is not done, sir. You have at least 53 more minutes to go. So. Oh, I know. So uh, other things that ca- that are claiming to be coming out – I mean th- they made a big deal this week. Uh, uh, lots of websites made a big deal about there being a forthcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, duh, we've known about that for at least – I've known about it for two years now. Why is it – you know? It, well, we've got a director, and we're got, we've got start dates, and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah do it. You know, don't don't make it sound like it's a brand new thing. We we've known. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe now because okay. it's officially on the slate. But I mean, yeah, seriously. I guess. Uh, uh, they got Stephen Daldry to direct. Um, and Stephen Daldry, I, and I, this worried me a little bit because it said uh, he's known for directing Billy yeah. Elliot. Wasn't Billy Elliot an Adam Sadler film? No, no. Billy Elliot is not an Adam Sandler film. Billy Billy what, what, Elliot is is one of these sweet little swipe, slice of life films. That's that's it's been quite a while since I saw it, but it's actually it's actually a good movie. Um, okay, then, then why am I thinking was Adam Sandler was in it? I don't know. That just worries. I'm wondering me. how long I can. Um, but no, no, no Adam Sandler connection. Thank <laughs> okay, God. Okay, good. So see, yeah, bonus point. Yeah, major bonus points. There is no connection to Adam Sandler. Therefore, the the chances of this film being good have just increased by like five hundred percent. Exactly. Hmm. I don't just. I'll see if I can find a connection. What are your thoughts on an Obi Wan movie? And do you think we can get you and McGregor to play Obi Wan? Oh, you and McGregor kind of has to at this point, doesn't he? And, and I was just thinking, it depends on where they go with this. I, I would assume, <clears throat> see, I would assume he would be in it at some point, but I wonder if they're not going to go younger. And please don't have Jake in it. 
I mean, obviously he can't be in it anymore because he's far too old now. But if you're going to get a child actor and if we're going to get the child version, get a kid who can act and then also maybe get a director who can direct, which sounds like they have. So we've avoided the George Lucas curse, um, the man who can make Oscar winners look dull and boring and uninterested, Natalie Portman. Um, and virtually everybody in those prequels, really. Uh, yeah, he has to be in it, but I would like to see someone else at a different time period. Um, actually, the way I would rather see them go is McGregor as the young Obi-Wan again, and then move forward more towards where we're moving towards the Sir Alec version. And obviously, and I don't want Sir Alec done with CGI, you know, BS. I don't want that. A new actor, but somewhere in between there. Um, I think that would be more interesting than watching The Boyhood because, they've, they've, I mean, haven't we done that twice already? Um, yeah, I mean, we don't really need to go through that thing again. So it would be more interesting to see is like, what was he doing while he's wandering in the desert for 400 years or however long? So. I know that was easy, he was looking anyway. for the promised land and he was uh, looking for the promised land. Yeah, McGregor has got to be in it, but I would like to see someone else have them segue okay. into the role for someone else. It wasn't just me; it was Billy Madison, which is like Billy Elliot, but mm-hmm. different. That's where see, I was I tr- thinking. I try not to remember any Adam Sandler film titles, so that's why Billy Madison didn't come to mind. I tried to forget the Flintstones movie, but hey, it just popped into my head. So there we go. <laughs> like Satan. The, uh, yeah. No, I, I would. I would. That's exactly where Obi Wan needs to go. Is is the blank space between episodes three and four? Yeah. Because um, yeah, if, please. It's a huge blank space. Yeah. That just wouldn't work. No. Um. Let's see. Something else I saw this week, and I, I think you would like this, I would think, is that there's a plan to cross King Kong with Planet of the Apes. Um, Unfortunately, it's, it's not going to be in a movie or TV form. It's going to be in the form of a comic book. Comic books. Now, that makes sense. Um, that makes much more sense because I just read the blurb. I didn't even read it because it's like – I've really not been that impressed with the Planet of the Apes movies, and yeah, I know they're good and blah blah blah. But as I said before, I can't just I can't get past this, the fact that CGI just isn't there yet. Isn't there? Um, not to me, it isn't anyway. And obviously, it's, it is it's, to it's hundreds of, there. of people. It's getting there, and I do appreciate the fact that they're trying to do it. And oh, yeah. in their trying to do it, they are getting better because yeah, they have gotten better each movie. It's just that they're still not. I th- and I think we're in a minority on this in that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely in a minority on this. I mean, yeah. A lot of people go, I can't tell the difference, but I grew up looking at special effects going, okay, that's not real. They did that by doing this yeah. technique. And I look at the planet of the Ace and go, you're getting there, but we're not there yeah. yet. Yeah. I, I, again, the practical effects from, from the original movies that started in the 60s, I think 68, they look more realistic than the state-of-the-art CGI that they're going with, so ain't there yet for me. But as you said, we're in, absolutely in the minority because all you have to do is look at the box office and the reviews, and obviously these are well-received movies in every way. Yeah. Having said that, I think comic books are absolutely the way to go because yeah. this seems like it would be a long story arc, which would have to be at least uh, a short series like on Netflix or HBO, something like that, which would cost a lot of money talking about doing special effects, right? Which you would not get your money back. And comic books is absolutely the way to go. I think that's a pretty interesting idea. I like that. Um, It's kind of weird, but it absolutely makes sense. So, I mean, they do, they do stuff like that every so often. Like we've had, you know, the, uh, that, that's where Alien Predator came from originally, was right. a series of graphic novels, or uh, crossing Terminator with – I think they've crossed Terminator with Aliens and Predators as well. Um, yeah, they've, they've crossed and Spider-Man Batman. and Batman with – exactly. They've crossed everybody with these guys so because they knew it was going to make money. Uh, so. What was the last one? Uh, Doctor Who and Star Trek, which made sense. The Cybermen and the Borg teamed up, which was kind of a – Interesting concept. 
That is a, that is a kind of frightening concept. Um, oh. You know, if, if you suspend disbelief for a moment, that would be pretty terrifying. Um, yeah. Although I imagine in the end, they don't get along too well. Uh, Why, well, no. No, they did not. <laughs> I wouldn't think they would. Um, so, actually, and I didn't mean to do this. It, it, this actually kind of segues. Speaking of Doctor Who and forthcoming <laughs> movies, uh, Karen Gillian uh, played Nebula in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but she's now going to be in the Avengers uh, Infinity War, and we're apparently going to be going a lot into her past in the f- upcoming movies, which was dark and oh. abusive, as we found out in Guardians 2. Indeed. I'm kind of wondering if we're going to be going into uh, parts where we get to see her get beaten up as a child. And I'm thinking that's – I know they wanted to make Infinity War darker than the other Avengers movies, but watching child abuse doesn't exactly yeah. sound like the way to go with these. Yeah, they don't need to show it. I mean they can hint at it. They can uh, you talk know, about you, it. Just, yeah, they don't have to show it. I mean – no. They don't really need to do this to make the Infinity War film darker because – come on now. Um, and if you've been paying attention at all, you know that some of your current uh, iterations of your Marvel heroes won't be in the second one, and they won't be yeah. coming back ever. So uh, I'm not saying the characters won't, but the the particular actors playing them, there might be different versions in the future. And that's – well, if it's a spoiler alert, so sorry, but – not a spoiler. You should have known. Spoiler. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's a pretty well known story. So, and of course, the difference is they probably will change up some things here, uh, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, you don't need to show child abuse to go darker. Uh, they can just intimate it, and we'll we'll get the idea. I mean, we already know that it happened, and. You should have some idea of the character of Thanos at this point, so it should be pretty believable without having to show you much. So, I would think, you know, just putting that out there. And Josh Actually, Brolin in purple just think. looks mean. I'm sorry, what? Josh Brolin in purple, he just looks mean. He looks like the kind of guy who would do that. He if does. he has a giant chin and he's purple. It looks like Jay Leno Giant, in purple, multi, actually. Multi-cleft chin. But yeah. Multi-cleft, exactly. <laughs> it does. It's not my fault. Um, but, you know, it, as, as I said, I, I, I was thinking about, uh, about some things that we've seen with the Avengers so far. We haven't actually seen the trailer for Infinity War unless you were at Comic-Con or watched the bootleg version on YouTube. And that got me thinking about more advertising. And you know what? I, I want to actually play a, a, an ad real quick. And I want you well, to tell me. Well, you're not being compensated for this. So this is not really an ad. No, it's not, yes. it's not really an ad. Let me tell me what's missing from this ad. Do you like sweet, dark chocolate? How about creamy caramel? Maybe a smooth, velvety nougat with just a touch of honey. Available with or without peanuts. Then you'll love this new candy bar coming to a store near you. (laughs) What was missing from that? I knew you were going there. Um... Perhaps the product name, which might help you actually find the product. The product name? No, we can't possibly leave that out of advertising in this day and age, can we? (laughs) Oh, wait. If you're IMDB, you sure as hell can. That is something that I I brought this up the past two weeks, and this week they just pushed it over the edge. They put up an ad. Behind the IMDb main slip of the page, in the background, they had an ad that read, and I will read the entire thing to you. It said, Ryan Reynolds, Gary Oldman, Samuel Jackson, and Selma Hayek. 
and had pictures of Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. What is this an ad for? Yeah, if you don't know the movie already, then you're not going to know what the hell it's for. Put the name of the product on your ad. That's something that just... Mm. There was one for Lucky Logan this week that if I did not know it was Lucky Logan... The only reason I knew is because we do this show. If, I, if we didn't do the show, I wouldn't know it was for Lucky Logan. It listed, I think, every cast member, the writers, and had a review. But forgot to put the name of the movie on it. Now, <clears throat> I made this my little parody commercial and thought of this rant before Saturday when they decided to go back and put the name of a movie on it. They uh, Actually, it wasn't a movie they put on. It was The Defenders, which we're going to get to in just a minute. And now they've got one up for episodes, which I'm assuming is a TV show. But they actually put the name on it. So maybe, maybe there's someone who's hacked my computer and is keeping an eye on what I'm doing. And they said, Rob <laughs> is going to rant on this on Sunday again because we can't seem to put the name of stuff on it. Let's screw with his rant. And that's what that IMDb is screwing with me now. And that's annoying. And I don't apparently like with me as well, because I also have the episodes ad, which just says episodes, which I initially thought was episodes of what? And then I realized, Oh, apparently that's the name of the show. Um, but it doesn't look interesting to me and it gives me no reason whatsoever to watch the show because it's just, it's, it's a bad, bad ad. Shame on the people who designed the ad. I do. Yeah. Not good design. And the only reason I know it's a TV show is because I unfortunately see Matt LeBlanc in the upper left-hand corner and I'm like, Oh, I knew he was on a show called episodes, but I never watched any of it because Matt LeBlanc irks me. Mainly because he kind of killed, helped kill off Top Gear, but uh, <laughs> he, he irks me as well. He anyway, irks me as well. Back to something. That, <clears throat> back to something and that it, wasn't as irksome. I'm sorry. Yes, go, or not. Yes. I was just gonna say, despite the bad ad, I am gonna go see Logan Lucky hopefully tomorrow night. So, just saying. Okay. So which, we'll talk about that next week. Which I swear, it, why didn't you call it Lucky Logan? Because Logan Lucky is even hard to think, let alone say. Logan Lucky. Anyway. Logan Lucky? Mm. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Frank Oz is the narration. Written by Yoda, Lucky. it is. <laughs> you Why were about to Rebecca say something in credits. Mm, because would you see movie Yoda wrote? Mm. No. no. Would not you know? No, or I wouldn't. Something. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, back at something we did see that I, I enjoyed once it got started. Uh, the Defenders came out on Netflix this past Friday, and this is the highly anticipated uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe on TV. Marvel Marvel TV Universe? It's all the same universe. Um, the, the culmination of the TV series we've had so far where Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist come together to form their own version of the Avengers called the Defenders, which that's the way I'm explaining it. Comic fans, don't get pissed at me because I know that's not how it actually happened. Anyway, <laughs> the eight-episode series is available now for uh, binge-watching, which I kind of done, have done. I, I'm actually three episodes in, which I understand is one more than you for a change. It is one more than I am, but we are both far behind our friend, Ted, the magical oh, no. Mr. Fabulous Ted Hicks, who is not surprisingly calling us to talk about the Defenders, and I hoped he would. I, 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 Maybe he will. Went back and looked he, at the studio and thought, Ted's here? Oh. Yeah, he, binged, he binged the entire thing already because, you know. Uh-oh. Yeah. Because he's Ted. Because he's Ted. Anyway, uh, your thoughts, sir? My thoughts, uh, so far, I am actually enjoying the series, although the one thing that is, is kind of bugging me at the moment is the first episode mm -hmm. we did. I don't think we needed to have, I understand why they did it. It was basically uh, the first episode to me was here's where we left off our characters, right? Uh, a whopping 
what, two-minute scene where we're introduced to Sigourney Weaver, where we find out she's the bad guy and outranks all the other bad guys we've seen so far. And, okay, spoiler alert, there's an earthquake in the last, what, 30 seconds of uh, of the first episode. Right. Congratulations. If you've seen the other shows, you don't need to watch the first episode of The Defenders now. You're caught up. Um, I I thought the same thing, um, and I wasn't bored by it because it was interesting watching the characters and the rest of it. But yeah, it really wasn't necessary. They should have started with episode two, and they could have, or they should have started with the first few minutes with Sigourney Weaver, and then thrown in the earthquake. And that's and that's the opening of episode two. I did, there are a lot of things I did like about it. I liked. Uh, <clears throat> I like how they showed that Sigourney is the top dog of, of the villains because Madame Gao comes in and there are a couple different scenes that she has with Madame Gao and she's just very dismissive. Basically, she treats Madame Gao like she's the maid. And yeah, you've seen her as like this very, very calm, subtle but absolutely brutal <laughs> crime lord before Madame Gao. And here she's just yeah. being treated like nothing. And, and she's subservient. Abs- and absolutely. There's no question. There's no back talk. I mean, she just under- she knows that's her place. And that tells you volumes, and it's done so subtly. I really, really like that. Uh, so it's not that there are – so there are plenty of things to like about this, this first episode. There are. It's not a bad episode at all, but I totally agree. No. They didn't need to do it. They could have jumped right in where they do on episode two. Um, and that being said, it is – I did I like episode two better. Um, episode three, without really going into details, does it continue to pick up more? Do yes. You, I'm, I'm, I would assume it would um, because actually my, in episode one, have, the defenders haven't even met yet. No. Which is – And like, uh, like, they – two of them – uh, they break off into two pairs that meet at the end of episode two. Right. Um, and they don't actually meet altogether until the end of episode three. But that's okay because the pairs are going off and doing things. And then the right. pairs come together. And that's fine. Um, my one other irk with this so far is that uh, Iron Fist to me was not. You know, as we've mentioned, not the best of the Marvel series. It wasn't hideous, but it was lacking. Right. Iron Fist's uh, love interest slash partner, Colleen Wing. See, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this now. She's there from the first shot of this series, but they didn't mention her by name until episode three, which irked me because I had forgotten her name and didn't want to bother to look it up. And they didn't mention her by name until episode three. So I'm going, what is her name? I've forgotten her name. And then someone goes, Colleen. Wing. Got it. I'm caught up. Back to the show. Okay. Um, But actually, the character of Iron Fist is already better in this series than he was in his entire series. Uh, And something that I think was dreadfully lacking in the Iron Fist series was it was better choreography. I'm not going to say it was horrible in in his series, but it was lacking. Mm-hmm. It's not lacking nearly as much in this. There is an excellent fight in episode three, um, and he he looks like he's been choreographed this time. So good, thank God. <laughs> yeah, better for Iron Fist. Yeah. And actually, actually, there is a there is a fight that he has with another well known character, and I'm not going to spoil it. But the fight he has in episode two, which I thought was very well done. Uh, yes, I they they pulled it off very well. Made perfect sense for the characters, and he did look better in that fight. Although he was kind of ineffectual for a lot of the fight. And when you see the show, you'll know why. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I like what they've done with the character more because that is the character they needed to work on. Jessica Jones, uh, that character is like no retouching required in any way for that character, no. nor for Cage 
or Matt Murdock. And I mean, and they all hit hit the ground running. They're excellent. And Iron Fist, they needed to work on. And, and I agree. I think they've they've done more with Danny Rand this time. So. And again, I'm only two episodes only two episodes in. I'm quite happy with how things are going so far. I suspect I will be finishing off the series this afternoon. I, and I we'll get back to the rest of it well. next week. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, it looks. I think it looks really good, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Uh, something else I'm looking forward to, and it's kind of related to the Defenders in that uh, there's a character from the Defenders comic that people think is going to be in Thor Ragnarok. See, I'm, I, I, I think I found that there has been some complaints about the appearance of Valkyrie in the Ragnarok movie and how, how can you possibly change her from, you know, from a white actress to a black oh, God, actress? Here we go, Dan. No, no, I can explain this without screwing up the characters. Because the character from the Defenders that we're used to is the, the Valkyrie Brunhilde, and I did not make up the name. But the, the Brunhilde Valkyrie we're used to from the comics is not the Valkyrie. She is a Valkyrie. I was going to say there, Valkyrie, there were... Yeah. Uh, in, in the myth, in, in the actual Nordic myths... Valkyries are the choosers of the slain. You know, they choose who's going to die and stuff. And there's more than one of them. There are hundreds, I mean, uh, if not thousands. Thousands, millions. Uh, even in the comics, uh, Mirage from the New Mutants ended up becoming a Valkyrie. So for those of you who are having a problem with uh, a color issue, shut up. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, even if she does play Brunhilde, I don't. I don't care. Although I don't think that would entirely make sense, but that's okay. Yeah. A spoiler alert for those of you who are upset about you know changing the racial profile of various Asgardians. They're aliens, dude. That there you go. So <clears throat> calm down. Stop being stupid. Go back and worship your I, monument I of Robert E. Lee. Well, now I'm going to throw out another question, and this just now occurred to me because it's one of the – no, I'm not going there yet <clears throat> because I did have another Thor thing, so I'm not going to leave yet. Mm-hmm. They released the international trailer for Ragnarok this week, mm-hmm. which includes Doctor Strange. Yep. We knew he was in the movie at some point. Now, my question is why is he not in the you – know, it's an American film using American characters – Apart from, you know, all the Nordic mythos stuff, <clears throat> kind of. Why was Doctor Strange not in the American trailers? Good question. I don't know, other than they seem to be going for a lighter tone, for the most part, with with the American uh, ad, because there's a lot of humor in, in the yeah. American version, and obviously there are some serious points too. Like especially Hulk diving into the face of Surtur. Um, God, I love that sequence. That better be in the movie, or I swear I'll I'll sue Stanley personally. Um, as if he has anything to do with it. It is odd though. I mean, because they they could have put in five seconds of Strange, I guess. Well, I'm assuming probably that will be in the final the final trailer that comes out right before the film, because we still have some time to go before the movie even hits. So. That's true. I can see that they're kind of holding that as not so much a big reveal, but I'm but there I'm sure there are people who are interested who in the know. film who don't know because they didn't stay for you know the teaser at the end and you know all this other stuff. So there's a good chance that a, a relatively high percentage, not a majority, but a high percentage of people who want to see the movie don't know yet that Strange is going to be in it, and probably Strange is not in it a lot either. So I can see where That's they're cool. not going to really hype it, because I'm assuming he he probably has more of a cameo, maybe a couple. I doubt that he plays a major role in it. If he does, that will be awesome. I'm you know not suggesting he shouldn't, but I think it'll just be more of a small part. So I can see why they wouldn't hype that. You know, it just occurred to me, Doctor Strange was one of the defenders in the comics for a while, wasn't he? 
And Submariner was too. And so which is really weird. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is this is I, I was thinking of it as like the street level Avengers. I mean they, they handled things down at human level as opposed to you know, global Cosmic. level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So which doesn't make it any less entertaining. In some ways, it actually makes it better because it's more relatable. Actually, you know what? That's a fairly decent segue into something I watched this week. Woo! Street-level crime fighting in something that we have said many times before on this show. Many times. That the DC Comics animated series, animated movies, have been really good. Yes, they have. Until <laughs> they have have been the operative tense. have been, uh-huh. and as soon as they go back to doing the regular, the regular ones, this was an this was very much an irregular one because the first thing you notice about the Batman and Harley Quinn movie, well, okay, actually, the first thing you notice is that that title makes you kind of go, okay, wince, wince, cringe. And then you go, it's not going to work well. And the first thing you notice is that it, it goes right back to Batman the Animated Series, which was awesome. However, Indeed it was. do not, do not, <clears throat> do not show this particular movie to your kids thinking, oh, it's just another episode of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Because it isn't. There is, uh, let's see, inappropriate language for small children. I watched it with one of my kids who's going to college now who thought this movie, uh, and she's a huge Harley Quinn fan. We were both thinking this is going to be awesome, and we were wrong. Um, Yeah, it's not just the language. I will go ahead and tell you that, yes, there is a bondage scene involving Harley Quinn and Nightwing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to leave that. I'll leave that. It, it's not quite Fifty Shades. It is interrupted by Batman. It is that uncomfortable to watch by yourself, much less with one of your kids. So, hey. Um, basically, the Batman-Harley Quinn movie was a... Oh, not quite a full-on parody, but my God, it's close. And I don't mind parodies when the people are parodying themselves. I don't mind that as much because parody is actually – as much as I make fun of things, I, I, I don't really care for watching parody movies like Airplane and stuff. But this movie was painful to watch. Um. There was one bit to, that because I'm I'm watching Batman the Animated Series with my youngest kid, uh, who who is nine and perfectly aware that it's an animated series and I don't need to sleep with the lights on because the Joker is going to come get me. Right. She's over that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As you was, putting, when did you stop putting on the white face paint? That's my question. Oh. Anyway. Well, actually, it was that one time when I, I shaved my head and didn't tell anyone I went to wake them up the next morning, and they thought Lex Luthor had come to get them, um, <laughs> which I actually did, and that actually did happen. I'll, there's That's not so much brilliant. more to that story. That's um, having a shaved head is remarkably comfortable, in case you're wondering. Uh, my wife told me never to do that again because it scared the crap out of her, too. There's a scene in the <laughs> Bat Harley movie that – if you're watching Batman the Animated Series, you will be amused by. Uh, basically, the plot of the movie, Batman and Nightwing recruit Harley Quinn because they need to find Poison Ivy who's going off to kill the whole planet. Fine. Actually likes to Harley says, we need to get information from these other people. Well, where are they? We're going to go to this bar in Bloodhaven where all the secondary uh, henchmen – hang out. <laughs> so as they walk into the bar, yes, Batman and Nightwing walk in with her and everyone kind of looks at them funny. Like, oh, are you in the wrong bar? But the background, but all the characters in this are the henchmen we have seen before. 
like the, the redheaded twins who hung out with Harvey Dent in his first appearance, uh, Larry Moe and Curly who hung out with the Joker, the girls who wore the big parkas who hung out with uh, Mr. Freeze. And that's cool. Um, I, it is. It's kind of, you kind of go, holy cow. And some of them they dug up. Like the, it, it took me a while to recognize the calendar boys who hung out with the calendar girl in that whopping one episode. Or uh, Farmer Brown's daughter from the Hey, We Mutated a Cow and It's Attacking Gotham episode. They're all in this scene, including the robot that uh, Joker used in the I, I've got my Joker gas in a barge of garbage that were floating down Gotham River or whatever. They're all in this scene and they all dance to <laughs> songs that are sung by Harley Quinn. And that's when it goes back to being a, oh, God, why am I watching this movie? Yeah. So. Unfortunately, you know, I, I, I really enjoy 99% of what Bruce Tim does. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is that 1%, though. Um, that, yeah, and I haven't seen it yet, and I will, because even though you're telling people not to, I, I want to see it. To. Yeah, there you go. Um, I really am kind of befuddled about what he's doing with this kind of thing. Um, you know, they, I, I understand that I, they want to do some edgy films, but you can do edgy without being bad and making poor decisions yeah. for characters that don't fit the character path. And uh, Harley Quinn is, is, Harley Quinn is uh, it sounds kind of weird, and, and I guess I'll just go political and philosophical. I mean, she is pretty much a feminist icon, if you want to put it that way, because even though she was... All enthralled by pudding. The joke, yeah. in case you don't get that. Uh, she overcame that. And, you know, she does things her own way. And apparently, and you can speak to this, but from the reviews I've read, and you've hinted at it, but it's just, she's in there for eye candy a lot, which is pretty strange in an animated film anyway. And she's treated that way, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And... One thing you mentioned at the very top, Batman and Harley Quinn, that is actually the title, which is the most generic, awful. You couldn't come up with a title? If you can't come up with a title, if there's no arc to this story that suggests a title to you, it's probably not a good story. Batman and Harley Quinn, really. Um, I mean, I know they're going through the Batman and Robin thing and taking it off to the left somewhere, but – it needed a better title. Work. It doesn't work. No. And the Batman and Robin movie was awful too. Um, but it, it does remind me of, of the Killing Joke, which they spent 20 minutes again, just turning Batgirl into a male fantasy, which was, what is going on with you? Why are you doing this? Uh, it's just bad. When they got to the actual story of the Killing Joke. It became much better, but the setup, they had to fill extra time because it's not a movie-length thing, and they just went off on this complete weird tangent where Barbara Gordon is majorly crushing on Batman and wants to jump his bones, and Batman, for some reason, thinks, oh, yeah, I'm down with that, too. Again, (laughs) uh, have you ever read any of the comics? How does this fit? Uh, And it's not presented as... Yeah, and it's not presented as, you know, an Elseworld story, which if it was, would make more sense and it would still be god-awful decision. It, it was just a bad choice, and this sounds like another bad choice. So, you know, The Killing Joke is, is half of a bad movie, and apparently this one sounds pretty much like all of a bad movie, which which is sad, which just shows that no one bats a thousand, so... Pixar doesn't, the, uh, so there's no reason for the DC animated universe to either, I suppose. But that's sad because, man, they could have made a fantastic movie out of this. But, to me, hmm. this this movie seemed an awful lot like here's what fans have been drawing fan uh, fan art and fan fiction for for years. So let's go ahead and make an official version. Uh, yeah. To, to, uh, to do something. I'm not really sure what. Um, but that, that's exactly what it felt like. Is It felt like I was watching a fan-written fantasy version 
except for the fart jokes, which were why are we having those again? Jeez. Um, not not a good idea to to give in to the the instincts to to serve fifteen year old fantasies and and seven year old no. fantasies with the fart jokes. So. And that's, uh, unfortunately, that is where it went. And I, uh, uh, that's not cool. No. Although I will go ahead and tell you that there are two post-credit scenes. One of them is really short, and actually somewhat funny. The second one is considerably longer, and as far as I'm concerned, just about as necessary as the rest of the film. <laughs> well, I'll try to find the the, the first uh, post credit scene on YouTube, and then I'll I, I feel I will have accomplished my goal for the day. Unfortunately, After. I don't think the first post credit. In order to for the for the first one to make sense, you have to know about the. It, it's a lot funnier if you actually do watch the movie, but it's not funny enough to watch the movie just for the scene. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> There's a payoff at the end of the film, but the problem is, yeah, totally. There's a payoff at the end of the movie. Unfortunately, to get to the payoff, you have to watch the movie. (laughs) Thank you. That is a much better way of phrasing it. That that is exactly what it is. Yeah, that's sad. We have good news uh, and bad news. (laughs) The good news is, there's a funny little teaser. The bad news is, it won't make sense unless you watch the previous 90 minutes of Drek. Pretty much. (laughs) Oh. Damn. I was looking forward to it. It's a DC animated movie. I can have fun with this. It's good. And I'm looking forward to the next one, whatever it is, because it kind of has to be better almost by default. (laughs) And I am too. I just, I think really, I really think they're, because they're, they're, they're trying to be edgy. And for some reason, they're forgetting that you still have to have um, a good story. Yeah, it would be helpful. And, and it's odd, especially when you said this is from Bruce Tim. It's amazing that he wrote the story and co-wrote the teleplay, and this is still what we got. That's kind of shocking, actually. Yeah. Because he's done amazing work for so long. Speaking of writing things, and just to move the show along, um, Christopher Columbus discovered America in 1492, and yet somehow still finished the Gremlins 3 script. Not sure how he pulled that <laughs> off. I think it's very clever. Um, he also says that it's going to be considerably darker than the first two, if they ever get around to making it. Cause, I mean, it's not like they've... Gremlins 3... Let's see, Gremlins 2 was in 1847, right? I believe that's correct. That's when it feels like it came out anyway. So mm-hmm. it is a gap. Did we even need a Gremlins three? And how much darker did, did, did it? Does it need to go darker? Really? Gremlins. I saw that and I thought. Have you guys ever seen the movie Gremlins? I mean, it's pretty freaking dark for a kids movie. Um, Hello. Yeah, I was like, okay, a darker version. So in this time, everybody dies instead of just several people. Um, <laughs> Or, or he deliberately exactly gives. Yeah, he deliberately gives gives the kid and gives him instructions. Make sure you feed after midnight and lock yourself in the room and make sure you threw away the key because you are my sacrifice to the elder gods. Uh, yeah, it makes no sense that they feel they have to go darker. Um, I I don't understand that. Maybe that's the way they're doing it because they want to save money on the budget so they're not hiring any lighting people. <laughs> Literally. Literally going darker. We're doing natural light and we're filming after midnight because that's the only time the gremlins come out. Um, yeah, that's bad concept. Not as bad as Jetson's live version, but a bad concept. Yeah. Um, speaking of concepts that are not terribly good. At least I don't think they are. Did we need... Well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to object entirely to the Samuel L. Jackson version of Shaft. I I don't necessarily mind that. Um, 
seeing as you know he, the Richard Roundtree version from the 1970s, he had a nephew who was Samuel L. Jackson, which is why we're doing the updated version. Well, guess what? There's an even updated, updated or updated or <laughs> version an updated that version. is allegedly going to be coming out called Son of Shaft. And he's the son of the Samuel L. Jackson, not the Richard Roundtree one. Fine. I don't necessarily mind that. What I'm objecting to is, could you not have gotten someone better than Jesse T. Usher, who was, uh, what, the L. And I apologize for phrasing it this way, but he really was the generic black guy just thrown into a movie in Independence Day Regurgence. (laughs) Yeah, um, I guess they couldn't because they probably don't have the budget. Uh, Ah... The Samuel Jackson version I, I enjoyed. I thought it was pretty good. Having seen the the original version, actually, just in the past few months, I watched it again. And Shaft isn't. I mean, it's not a great movie, the original, by by any stretch of the imagination. It's iconic because of the time frame. And oh look, it's a black hero, and he doesn't take crap off white cops or anything. And but it, it's done in the context of just of being sensible and being grounded. So in that sense. It is. It's an important movie, and it's a good movie. I'm not saying it's not good. It is. It's cool. But far and away, the most memorable thing about Shaft is the soundtrack. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's unbelievably classic. So it's not like, oh, my God, how dare they desecrate the memory of Shaft. Shaft, the original, is a good movie. The Samuel L. Jackson, it's a good movie, too. So I don't have any problem with doing that. But they sure seem to be lowballing that, don't they? I mean, just a bit. Yeah. You know who needs to play Shaft, even though he's a little older? And you know I'm going to say Idris Elba. But, I mean, basically, basically, he is Shaft in every film you ever see him in. It's just he's playing a different character, but he's got this commanding. And that's what Shaft is. He is, he is. He's this the force of personality that just and Roundtree had it, not like he just Elba does, but Roundtree had that. He projected that authority. Um I'm not just saying the way he read the lines, it's just he just did. Uh and Jackson does of course. But yeah, I'm not really that's poor choice. I'm not meaning to rain on your parade or anything. I'm just wondering, is there anything that we don't want Idris Elba in? No, I, I they just remade Heidi for like the 87th time, and I would love to see Idris Elba play Heidi. Not the grandfather, but Heidi. I mean, he would be awesome as Heidi. He would be a total badass, badass Heidi. I mean, yeah, seriously, if, if he remotely fits the role, I'd be more than happy to see him take on the role. In anything. Uh, like a, an eight-year-old little girl from Switzerland or wherever the heck Heidi is from? Probably not. But other than that. Yeah, I mean, he's just... He could play Obi-Wan in the forthcoming... Oh, by the way, this is coming to... They're supposedly going to be making a Jabba the Hutt movie. (laughs) You can can stop now. I originally (laughs) thought it was a joke. I really did. I I, I saw that and went, they can't do that. That's got to be a joke. It has to be. But then, just about every movie news website, and I think CNN jumped on it for a while, that they're going to be making a Jabba the Hutt movie. And most of the comments I have read about this have been, way to milk it, Disney. Yeah, Because that's exactly. what it would have to be. Jabba, I, Jabba I the Hutt movie sounds boring. I can see an animated Jabba the Hutt movie, maybe, and that would be a big stretch. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't need to see I'm how Jabba became. Maybe if you get the green dancing girl, the the Twilight dancing girl, and we just get to watch her for an hour and a half, sure. <laughs> but no, Bruce no. Tim would write that okay. version. Um, yeah, I don't really need a Jabba the Hutt movie. Thanks. Uh, no. No, I don't want to see how he Star became Wars. a criminal no. mastermind. That's just that's just no. That is a major no. Um, this is. This is as good a time as any to jump into, unless you have something further on that particular topic. I know you have more things. I do. Real quick, this is a very quick thing. John Boyega came out this week. Yeah. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Um, John Boyega (laughs) announced this week that uh, Prince Harry and – what's Prince Harry's brother's name? 
the other prince. Will. Willie. Thank you. Will, Will, Will I, Prince, are mm-hmm. actually cameoing in the next Star Wars movie uh, as stormtroopers, much in the same way Daniel Craig did. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Good um, for them. There was a – the best comment I heard on this, though, was they wanted to get Prince Charles to do it too, but they couldn't get the helmet over his ears. Ooh. So Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny, though. Anyway, that's funny. all I had. Uh, uh, you know, on to – Actually, you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna redo Shaft again, Chadwick Boseman, because I first thought yeah, John Boyega would be good, but no, Chadwick Boseman, that guy needs to be Shaft, or Michael B. Jordan, that guy needs to be Shaft, or you know, I could go there. There are several people I could go through the list that they would have to pay decent money, and then they could make a really good Shaft movie. And anyway, um, talking about things that probably don't need to be done. Uh, there's a, a film I watched just the other just last night that probably didn't need to be done, and it's called The Saint. And The Saint was ah. actually a popular character in the 30s in a series of books, and they did some films in the 30s and late 40s. And then there was a TV show which was much beloved by those who were around in the 60s, who, which starred a certain gentleman who went on to play James Bond, Roger Moore. And he was never cared for Roger Moore as James Bond because frankly he never looked like he could kill somebody uh, which is to his credit uh, as the saint he is awesome the saint is an international jewel thief who does good he's like a upper level Robin Hood kind of character this thing actually was supposed to be a TV series in Great Britain so they shot a pilot they did another follow up and it never really got going so it was filmed in 2013 they did some reshoots in 2015 and they decided to release it as a film this year Um, typically something with that kind of history is not going to be great and this did not really break that trend it wasn't great it was okay it was fairly (laughs) Adam Rayner plays Simon Templar he was good um, it's a great name. It is a great name, and the, one of the two two of the things that were fun about it was the fact that it had <clears throat> two former actors who played the saint. There was a TV version of the saint in the seventies, and Ian Ogilvy played him on British TV. He's in it as the main villain. It's a nice twist. And then Roger Moore pops up at the end, which obviously, going back to the original Saints. So that was a nice little thing. It's it's pretty uneven because a lot of it looks like it was made for TV, and then there are parts that, oh, here we are in Moscow, and they have actual shots, and parts of it look great, and then parts of it look good, so it doesn't really match up really well. It's interesting. It's worth, it's worth watching, but it certainly isn't... A, a, a great movie by any means. Uh, just some of the some of the reviews in IMDb. It tries but never gets there. Like a fake oil painting but painted by the numbers. A generic take on a classic hero. Uh, so you know, there you go. I mean, that's that's pretty much the gist. And there are some. Uh, my favorite review is: I endured 20 minutes of this trite before I wanted to wash my eyes and brain with bleach. Uh, that's that's, that's a great review. Um, I don't agree. I don't agree with the person who wrote that. I don't think it's nearly that bad. Um, you know, like I said, it's entertaining. It's okay. Uh, it is definitely better than the Val Kilmer atrocity. Uh, so there's that. That's a plus. Um, which Bonus point. had a little to do with Val Kilmer. It's just, that was just a poorly written piece of crap. Um, and speaking of poorly written pieces of crap, I'm going to go off a little bit from what we usually do because we never we have never talked about audiobooks because we're movies. But yeah, Audible does a lot of original productions, and they're they're full blown. They're basically they're radio dramas. They're not reading it. They're they're acting the parts, and they don't really give you exposition. It's all through the dialogue. They've done a great version of Aliens, an alien story called Alien Out of the Shadows. It's, it's tremendous. Uh, they're doing a series, apparently, of X-Files, full cast, original cast, which, of course, that's that's the draw. David Duchovny, Anderson, everybody is in it. Everybody is in it. Mitch Pelleggi, everybody. Um, you know, Mitch Pelleggi has an awesome voice. No, he does. He does. Um, a, a couple things worked against this. Uh, it's It's okay. 
an, an X-Files original production shouldn't be okay. That's the problem. It should be awesome. It's got terrific reviews. It's got like four and a half stars out of five. Uh, I don't agree with it. Um, for one thing, uh, David Duchovny doesn't really work well reading the character, I don't think, because he's got this laid-back, sardonic tone. And when you see his face, it totally works. When you don't see his face, he comes across sounding bored, like, I would rather be in the pool. I would rather be sleeping than doing this bit. And I get that's the character, but it just doesn't work that well. And there are parts – there's actually there are five different stories in this. It's like about a four-and-a-half-hour production. And you get one Monster of the Week type thing, which goes back to the host, which is one of their best Monsters of the Week ever. The rest of it ties into the long mythology of the alien invasion and stuff. Um, so his performance is just – to me, just doesn't work that well. Um, he's doing the part well, but he just sounds – Bored. In some areas, he sounds a little more animated. And again, that's the character of Mulder, but doesn't come off well. Anderson does does very well. But again, her character is this cold, somewhat removed person. And there are times when she comes off as she's panicked and she's kind of freaked out. And it's like, that doesn't fit the character. And that's how it's written. And that's the problem. It's not in her performance. It's in writing. And that's where it really, really falls down. And there's a, there's a section which really pissed me off and totally pulled me out of it. And this is the X-Files. It's like, really, guys, you didn't do a modicum of research, let alone you should have known this anyway. They're referring to this ancient situation when, when these aliens first hit. And they're talking about Gondwana land and how this happened two million years ago. And it's like, um, what? Wait, two million years ago? Gondwana land. And off the top of my head, I'm thinking... That's more like 500 million years ago. It's not 2 million. And it's 600 to 530 million years ago. Um, yeah, if you're writing something that's science fiction, you got to get the science right. So don't do stupid crap like talking about Gondwana Land 2 million years ago. And then talking about when we arrived, you know, we destroyed the dinosaurs. Again, that ain't 2 million years ago. What? Most Fifth graders understand that you're, you'd have to go back about 65, 67 million years ago, not two. Um, right. That totally screws up the continuity because all of a sudden I can't suspend my disbelief because the writers were stupid. Why do uh, – and, and I get it. If you don't realize that, it just goes right over. No big deal. But it's such an easy thing to get right. And it's really easy to get the characters right. And when you have Scully being freaked out and going bananas uh, four or five times when she doesn't, uh, whatever, what are you doing? You know, you're you're screwing up these characters. There were a lot of good parts to it, absolutely. Um, If you like the X-Files, let me put it this way. If you like the X-Files... Go ahead and buy it and listen to it. But if you love the X-Files, you don't want to listen to this because it's just going to piss you off. Because, again, it, it, it just doesn't work. The company reading it doesn't work for me because he really sounds like he would rather be anywhere than here. And I, like I said, I get that that's the character, but you've got to see him. And I'm sure he was involved, and I'm sure he thought, man, this is awesome. And he's playing it the way you have to play it, but it doesn't work in this format. And, and the big thing, though, is the writing. I mean, it's not quite like at the fan fiction level you were talking about with Batman and Harley Quinn, but it's close. And there's no excuse for that. Absolutely no excuse for it. And Carter's the writer. So oh, how did you manage to do this? I mean, Chris Carter Maybe he's just Russian. Is there... Uh, I just don't get it. I just don't get how they screwed it up that badly. Um, yeah. So like I said, if if you're a casual fan, yeah, then you'll like it. Although if you're a casual fan, you probably won't get a lot of the references. So bottom line, I really can't recommend it. And I was really upset that I've been waiting for this damn thing for two months, and then it finally shows up, and it's like, really? <laughs> really? This is the level of effort you put into it? Sad. Shame on you, X-Files. 
Actually, now I'm going to go watch an X-Files episode with my eyes closed to see if it makes a difference. <laughs> it, it, may. it may. It may. Because, you know, as soon as you said, he, you know, he sounds like he's bored. You know what? Just thinking back in my memory, yeah, that it does kind of. And it is the yes, visual I, that helps. Yes, yes. He, he always sounds kind of bored because he's kind of bored with everything until he's in the moment. And... Um, you know, in the film and in this thing, uh, there are times when he's more animated, as he should be, because of the circumstances. But that's just how the character is written, right. and and it, he's great. I mean, I love the company, and and the character is awesome. But it just didn't work for me in this this particular format. But that'd be an interesting experiment. It's like put on an episode that you really like and listen to it, and if see if that changes your your view of the performance. You know he was supposed to be Batman in one of the movies, but they couldn't get his nose in the costume. <laughs> I'd like to be making that up. They said they'd, oh my God. They said they'd have to do the cowl really, really weird uh, to to accompany to, to to make sure his nose would would fit. And so, they just went that would be a lot of trouble. And he went, yeah, let's not do that. So something so, we've never realized is all Batman have small noses. Interesting. Yeah. Because he didn't, he, didn't exactly, he, didn't exactly, he didn't have a huge nose by any means. He's kind of an unusual nose. But, uh, I think it says it know, starts higher than people's nose. His nose yeah. starts in like his fourth. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, uh, you know, another person who could never be Batman, Owen Wilson. Not with that nose, man. That would never not, work. Not that, not that we would want him to be Batman anyway, but yeah. Actually, if Owen Wilson had that, saying I'm Batman, Kachuga, no. If 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 Owen Wilson had had played Batman in the latest thing instead of Con, Kevin Conroy, would that have made them film better? If Owen Wilson is the one who's running around with Harley Quinn, it might have made more sense. And if Amy Schumer was playing, no, I don't want to. No, <laughs> Owen Wilson is playing Amy Nightwing. Schumer. Batman. <laughs> there you go. Amy Schumer is Nightwing. He would solve the riddle of the ages. <laughs> the, the Sphinx has left the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway. As we're about to do, I think, because I think time. we are. Yes. It is that time, indeed. Anything else? Any Mission fantastic uh, There's going to be a two pages of a two pages project episode coming out this week. Listen to it. That's about it. <laughs> two pages project. Wow. Listen. Yes. Just Google it's two fun. pages. And it's the number two. The numeral. Number two. Which we got no. from the which we got from the Arabs who contributed nothing to society if you listen to certain presidents. Um anyway. Uh I think that's about it. Have a good week and don't go blind during the eclipse. Or from that's anything right. else you do for that matter. Hmm, that sounds like a Harley Quinn. I don't know what else you would be going blind from. Bye bye. Well, good night, everybody. Do you think they would let me live in Montana? I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates, who said, I drank what? Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, it's a living. Dorn, that's the end.